Hey, welcome to the bridge. <laughs> Happy Easter, everyone. Yes. He is risen. He is risen. Yes, how about we do this three times? I'll say it. He is risen, and you say he is risen indeed. Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. All right. Welcome. Before we take an offering, uh, I just want to welcome any visit visitors today. Thank you for coming. We're um, the Bridge Church of Santa Monica, part of the Association of Bridge Churches, nation and worldwide, <laughs> that were founded by John Paul Jackson. Uh, you can find out more information about our church on labridge.org, labridge.org. We, um, we have a Tuesday night prayer conference call, so you can call in from your phone. Check the website for details on the, the phone number and the passcode to get in. We pray from 7 to 8 o'clock um, for the needs of this church and the nation and the world, and we'll pray for you, too. Um, as we take the offering, uh, if you want to write a check, make your checks out to the bridge. Uh, if you want to give us any information um, about yourself, your email address, we send out a, a monthly newsletter email. And... Uh, you can just write it on the offering envelope. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this Easter Sunday for new beginnings. Lord, we know you are no longer dead. You, you rose from the dead. You are alive. And like it says in, in Romans 6, we are united with you, not just in your death, but in your resurrection. And there's no pain there's no suffering, there's no disappointment, there's no failure that you don't give us new life for, new hope and new opportunities. And so, God, we count ourselves dead to sin but alive to you this day as we celebrate your resurrection. And may your resurrection power just go through us. May we experience it, live in it, walk in it, and give to each other in it your love, and your resurrection power. So this day, Lord, take what we have, our tithes and our offerings and our gifts, and we just ask that you multiply it, you provide for us, you provide jobs, emotional, physical, spiritual needs. Lord, we all, we look to you to meet every need for healing, for deliverance, for love, and for life. Lord, we thank you. And we praise you and we trust in you this day. You are a good God. And we give you all the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take the offering. Um, every once in a while, we open it up to the body. If you have any praise requests, any things, uh, glory stories that you'd like to share that the Lord has been doing in your life, um, now is the time. And if not, that's okay. All right, then. Oh, Holly, all right. This is the Everybody Loves Me praise report. Um, I, people have been praying for me for the job situation lately, and I have been working with this one group for a while, and it's okay, but not that inspiring. And... Uh, 
This week I got a call from the Four Seasons Hotel where I used to work or a couple of weeks ago. And so I worked there a couple of days this week. And then somebody else where I also used to work, they called up and said they have a management position they might that might interest me. And so I've got an interview on Monday. So basically got three job opportunities with companies that I love and my heart's really in all three of them. And so now it's just a matter of kind of deciding, but this is, you know, God is so good. And <laughs> I mean, last week I was having an emotional meltdown, you know, but uh, I'm better. <laughs> so praise God. Yeah, uh, Kendra, Kendra. Oh. Hey, and if you missed, last week we had um, Joanne Town where she shared on, uh, on life coaching. You can go to the website, labridge.org, and listen to that message. I'll just be really quick. This is more so of an encouragement. Um, God is so good. He is so faithful. I just, yeah. I don't know who this is for other than myself. I am very hard on myself in certain areas, and the Lord was just loving on me. Wonderful worship, by the way. Amen. Wonderful worship. Oh, I just felt, I felt God. He was the power of God. <laughs> just powerful. Um, the Lord just loved on me today, and he... I'm sure you guys read, you know that scripture that says, love covers a multitude of sins. Um, I just thank God. Whenever you think you miss it or you come short or, you know, you, you mess up, or, no matter what, what it is, just know that God is so faithful. He's a loving father and, you know, today's Resurrection Sunday, you know, the Lord Jesus went on the cross, and it covered our sins. Uh, even as believers, sometimes we can be hard on ourselves. Whether God tell you to do something, and you, you know, I'm tired. I, you know, you didn't feel like doing it. Whatever it may be, I just want to encourage somebody today that God is so faithful, and the depth and the level of love that He has for us is incomprehensible. It is incomprehensible. God is faithful. He is your loving father. And sometimes the enemy makes it seem like, you know, God has that whip and he's just ready to beat us. But he has those, his arms open. He has his arms open uh, to us. And we can go to our father whenever we miss it or if we were disobedient about something, you know, whether God, you know, no matter what it may be. God loves us. He's not angry with us. He loves us. He loves us. So just, I just speak an encouragement to everyone in here. No matter what you're going through, no matter, um, God is faithful. He is faithful. You're not by yourself. Sometimes, you know, he has to constantly remind me you're not in this thing by yourself. I've been enduring a lot of warfare personally. I don't know whoever, you know, maybe there's been some other people, but it's been, you know, God is, he's faithful. We're not by ourselves. So lighten up on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. And we can just lift our hands to the Lord and just expect for him to love on us. And that's all I want to say. Amen. Amen. 
All right. That is a good word for us on Resurrection Sunday. The freedom. Turn to him. He says, come, no matter what. So I have uh, some uh, interesting stuff we're going to do today. Uh, some kind of a bittersweet time. Uh, uh, we're doing a little uh, team upgrade. We're going to add some people on the ministry team here. And we're also going to lose somebody. So that, the lose somebody is the bitter part of it. Uh, Steve and Lois are going to be moving on. Uh, they'll probably be here, I think, one more Sunday or so. Uh, but this is towards the end. For them, they, have, they really feel called to do something down closer to the, where they live. So we're going to miss them. And we just want to really thank you. We want to really thank you for how you guys served. Yeah, well, come on up here, guys. And we want to pray a blessing over you as well. And I want you guys to extend your hands out. And uh, oh, ministry people, come on up here. Half, half the planet. Half the planet, yeah. <laughs> thank you, guys. We thank you. We really do thank you for how you served. And uh, Steve's been on the board the whole time and, and uh, been a real blessing to us. So we speak a blessing over you. Yes, Lord, and I, I um, the Lord had spoken to me, and I, I put this in an email to these guys that um, that they have uh, sown much seed here in the body uh, for four years. These guys, we would not have been able to really do this work without them, and um, they have been uh, steadfast and loving and. Um, we've just seen them grow just incredibly in so many areas that they don't even recognize today. But I know that the Father in heaven is going to allow you to see the fruit um, that was planted here uh, in other places, which is kind of interesting, but that's the way the Lord works, is it not? And, and so, Father, I thank you for the bounty that, that, you, um, that they will be able to touch and to feel with their hands, Lord, and even Jeremy, too. God, all the things that you have planted within them and the fervor that they have for the Lord will continue and it will grow. God, I thank you for blowing the embers of, of uh, your power upon them. I thank you for the equipping season that they went through with streams and the teaching gift. God, we ask that you would amplify that teaching gift and that desire, Lord, within them to um, continue to spread the gospel and to spread the, the equipping of the saints. God, they have that anointing and that burn to equip others with the power of the Holy Spirit and his righteousness. We just um, want to thank the Lord for um, for all the gifts that were put at the foot of Jesus through you guys. And uh, we ask that the Lord will prosper you and that the Lord will give you back seven times for what you have given to us. All the sacrifices, everything that you guys did, that the Lord will prosper and that you will see that God is good and uh, that you didn't uh, plow in vain, that the Lord has a season for plowing and a season for growing and a season for harvesting. And so... We ask that the Lord see, uh, let you see the season of har harvesting Amen. where you are going to be. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
Now, I have no idea where they're going or what they're going to do, but they're going to have a smoking drummer. <laughs> Jeremy has really come a long way from a couple of years ago playing on a practice pad and has actually now uh, preparing a Hungarian dance uh, classical piece to play a snare drum solo in a couple of weeks. So we're going to miss you, dude. <laughs> yep, he's going to be a heck of a drummer. We're going to have to keep our eye on him. It's um, quite interesting when you can worship the Lord with like a 10-year-old. It's pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Bless you. Thanks. You know, it's, it's lovely to see people do things the right way. You know, they, they, they've asked God. And they're leaving when God tells them. They stay where God shows them. That's the way it's supposed to be. Bless you, man. With our yes. <laughs> All right. Now I want to do something uh, else. Now, Eddie, come on up here. Uh, we're what we're doing is we're going to install. Uh, find Tom for me. Oh, okay. What we're going to do is what we've always wanted is a team of people to pastor, uh, team of people to teach. Uh, and so that's what we're going to start doing now. Uh, Eddie does not have any desire to teach, <laughs> though we may talk him to teach about worship sometime. But he has been the director of worship here for a while. And we're going to make him pastor over worship here for a while. You know, so I'm, I'm, what we're doing is going to license him as a pastor of the gospel. So that's a neat thing. Come up here, guys. Let's pray for him now and bless him. We call him Father Eddie. No. <laughs> Excuse me. What? Oh, but that's our corporate. That's our. Uh, so we just anoint you now as a pastor of the gospel right now, that we would uh, uh, breathe upon you the presence of the Holy Spirit that would enrich in you at a new level, a new uh, place of, uh, of operating from. We bless all that's within you. We take that and bless the musical blessings that God's given you since birth, that you've grown and used and practiced and developed. And we, uh, we infuse upon that the, the even greater anointing of a worship pastor. Uh, we bless that right now. We take and uh, we breathe into every being a new understanding, a new uh, sight, a new... Uh, uh, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, to be able to lead, to, uh, to bring people into worship, to be able to uh, cause people to move into the presence of God and be able to break the, uh, the plans of the enemy before, to be able to uh, uh, go forth and bring uh, and lead in a group of people through all the obstacles that come the way into the presence of the living God. We just pull on the full measure of the gift that God has prepared for you, that God has wrought in you uh, ever since you, you fell in love with music. And that was something that he planted in you. And so we pull out the heart of David uh, within you. We pull on the harp strings that the Lord has planted within you, Eddie. And we amplify that with the power of the Holy Spirit in his name. 
be a push. Let there just be a push, Lord, and lifting up as we commission him to go forth and use his gifts and talents and abilities to your glory and for your kingdom. Mm -hmm. Let him enter into a new place of worship to lead us there, mm -hmm. to lead the body of Christ there. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for Eddie, Lord, and uh, all the gifts, the talents, and the destiny that uh, you placed within him, Father. We just bless him right now, Lord. We just bless him, Father, uh, to fulfill all that is written of him in the book uh, that you have of him uh, before time, Lord. You, you, you're the author and the perfecter of his life, Lord, and we just bless him, Lord. We thank you, Lord for the uh, uh, calling in his heart, and, and Lord, let that same uh, uh, gentleness and teacher, Lord, come forth out of him as he does with the children. Um, let it begin to grow and expand, Lord. Uh, let the, uh, the roots expand out. Let the branches extend, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let Father uh, him, uh, him begin to uh, influence uh, in another uh, sphere, Lord, uh, within the, the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, let that extension come forth, Lord, and let the fruit, Lord, of your Holy Spirit that you want to bear out of this branch come out in Jesus' name. Let it come forth. We bless him. And, and as he steps into this new uh, sphere of influence and authority, we just bless him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Begin to speak to him and uh, cause him to be filled with wisdom like Solomon, Lord. How can I uh, govern, Lord? Uh, give me wisdom to govern uh, your people. Let that same wisdom come upon him. Let him be one who just looks to you and asks for wisdom, Lord. In Jesus' name. So we just pray, Lord, bless him. Even now with the spirit of wisdom, Lord, let it rest upon him. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, thank you. Um, I pray that you would uh, take him to the next level and all the things that's like dormant in him, Lord, as he rises to a new level of responsibility, that you would also raise his uh, new tools, Lord, new tools to do new jobs. And anything that's not been used, Lord, I pray that you would polish it up and let it be used now, Lord. So give him everything, Lord, to do what he needs to do now to the next level. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just bless Eddie with the blessing of Psalm 23, in which uh, it is a porter of Jesus as a shepherd. And so we bless him with all that needs to be equipped with. Uh, we ask for all the tools that you will uh, put them in him and uh, that uh, they will grow and that um, Eddie will be the shepherd that brings the little ones, the broken ones, the one who wants to mend. And I know he's already doing that with the children, but may you enhance this gift and this portion of his life for the glory of your name and the advancement of your kingdom, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Hang around. All right, yeah. Next, we actually do a couple more people here. Uh, Sibby. Sibby's been a, um, a chaplain and a, and a pastor, pastoring here. Huh? We do Sibby and Tom at the same time. Okay, we'll do Sibby and Tom at the same time because we want to... Up here all day. <laughs> <laughs> we talk. Oh, okay. I apologize for visitors, but we usually aren't this long-winded. 
So Sibby's been with us, and we want to make her actually passed her license by us here, uh, and so and, and Tom the same. So we we thank you, Lord, for both of them. We thank you that you are ordaining them, and you've ordained them. I've watched them both grow. Uh, I've watched Sibby with her hurts fall off of her and come forward and grow up and get healed up by you. I watched her become the woman of God that you've called her to be and even more that she's going to be. I thank you for her. I thank you for what you're doing in her life. I thank you for the heart you've put in her, the compassion you've put in her, the steadfastness you've put in her, and I thank you for all the gifts she's, you've given to her right now and how she's chosen to develop those gifts and, and move forward. And Tom, we, we bless you as well as a pastor. Uh, and it's something that's been on your heart for a long time. And we thank you that the Lord uh, would have me lay hands upon you and license you as a pastor of the gospel. That you would, uh, uh, as you've gone through the training and, and, and come up, that you would begin to even be more bold in the kingdom. That you'd be even become more unstoppable. I've seen the, uh, the Lord pull off things that have blocked you and things that have been pulling on you and giving you freedom that you uh, needed to be able to become the man that God called you to be. And so now I ask that he would anoint both of your feet uh, for the gospel, the willingness and the quickness and the uh, swiftness to be able to announce it in every opportunity Amen. and that you would bless them both. And Father, we thank you that you have um, prepared them all their lives for this, that you have wrought within them um, the things of your glory for the expansion of the gospel. And, and Father, I thank you that you are going to just, uh, as Sebastian was saying, you know, taking them to the next level of the authority that you've given them already. And Lord, I pray that they would know how to tap into your grace and your love and your anointing for, for this, uh, this new time in their life. And we just anoint them with the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we, just, uh, continue, we recognize what you have put within them, and we bless it in your name. And we thank you for them, God. We thank you. God, we recognize their gifts and talents and abilities that you have given them and how you have raised them up. And just we release them for the ministry of the gospel of the kingdom, for encouragement, for strengthening, for healing, for preaching the gospel and doing all the things you've called them to do. Thank you for their lives. Lord, give them wisdom and greater anointing, Father, to do your work in your kingdom. Increase, increase in both their lives, in every area of their life. Bless them. Yes, Lord, um, weakness and strength are, are, um, are same on opposite sides of a coin, Lord. So I pray that you would convert their weakness to their strength, that you would help them to... Uh, converted and really step forward and rise to the next level lord and that anything they've uh, that held them back lord that would now become strengths lord so bless them lord amen, amen. amen. Right, darling. <laughs> it's exciting for me you'll i'll still be amen, amen. 
exciting for me too because I still will be speaking, but I'll be speaking much, much less. It gives me a chance to take care of a few other things that I need to take care of right now. And it'll give us a different flavor, uh, which I, I, I really like. So, matter of fact, today, Sibby is speaking. And he has risen. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, first I have to look for my message. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. So praise the Lord. So I just um, also taken by um, Kendra's uh, word because um, when I was asking the Lord yesterday what to teach today, uh, he definitely said uh, love. And so I titled my, my teaching today, um, The Love That Drive Jesus to the Cross and brought him back to life. So um, I want to start by um, asking the Holy Spirit to come. <sighs> Jesus, we are so honored and so humbled that you chose us, not only us, but all the people in the world to take our place back with you, a place where we were supposed to be loved and to have peace and joy, but we lost it. And so now you're calling us again to be in that place in which uh, we can have all those things back. And so Father, we ask you today that you come. Come Holy Spirit, we want to hear the words that are coming out of your mouth, the way you're speaking to us, the way you allure us into your bosom of love, the way you call us. And so, Father, we ask that you open up our hearts, our ears, our eyes, however it is that we pay attention to you, Father, would you please quicken us right now to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we bless you and we ask that you come in any thought that is not of you, that you drive it away from here and that you give us the thoughts that are from heaven, that are of the mind of Christ so we can understand your love so that we can understand your kingdom. So we thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, 
And Father, we ask for your angels to surround this place right now. In the north, in the south, in the east, and in the west. And that no worry will be um, lost right now. And that your angels will come and minister to us. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. You are awesome. You are awesome. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, um, most people start with, uh, you know, some pastors start their message with a joke. I tried to look for one, but I couldn't find any <laughs> appropriate for Easter Sunday. So I'm just going to tell you a funny story that happened to me this morning. So I needed to load the car with lots of food and lots of uh, things. And so I put these boots, right? Because I live on the second floor. And I said, these shoes are going to allow me to go up and down, running, running, running. And so um, when I was ready to go, you know, I forgot to change my shoes into the appropriate shoes. So that's why the shoes don't match the outfit. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, that's, that's right. That's what matters, right? All right, so I'm going to ask um, Lois to help me with... Um, some reading here, and if she can um, look for Luke 24, 13 to 45. 24, 13 to what? Luke 24. Yes, got it. 13 to 45. To 45? Yes. Okay, what do you want me to read? Um, all of it. <laughs> 13 to 45, okay. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happened here in the, these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said, they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that he had also, they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. When they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in and stayed with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, 
and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told him about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they, were, while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of boiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, and that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Amen. So um, this is a story of two people. Just imagine the news. Like, for example, if we had the Twin Towers being blasted. Didn't you for a few days, if not weeks after that, your mind was just not there? And your emotions were in chaos. Everything was like, what is going on in the world? You didn't feel any comfort. You didn't feel any peace. Everything that your foundation was shaken. And this, when Jesus was crucified, it was something like that. Jesus was the most popular guy in the, in the Jewish culture. And he was uh, kind of like uh, the guy that the conservative religious leaders didn't like. But everybody else was crazy about Jesus. They thought, you know, great, this is going to be a political change. And everybody was like, yes, yes, yes. And all of a sudden, you know, they said, well, we are going to crucify him. And Jesus didn't do a thing to stop anybody. How would you have feel that the person that you admire just decided, hey, I'm going to die and there's nothing you can do about it? Kind of crazy, isn't it? It's like, let's say, our president, you know, decides that for some cause, he's just going to give himself to another country. And we just, in despair, look the event and we don't know what to do of it. We don't know what to make of it. And so he dies, but he has said to them, I'm going to come back to you in three days. And for three days, I cannot imagine the disciples trying to figure out, what is this? What am I doing here? Why did I follow? And the turmoil of the emotions going on there and like, but I thought he said he loved us. How can he do this to us? And all these things are going on. And he says, this is the highest form of love that a friend gives his life for others, for their friends. And so I don't call you servants anymore but I call you friends and you're looking at, at the situation and say that doesn't look like love to me 
How does that apply to me? How do I take this? And so these two, uh, at the third day, you know, about five in the morning, the women go to the tomb and Jesus is not there anymore. And then more chaos, right? Like, what? What? Is, is he not there? Was he stolen? The body? It, what, is he really alive? What's going on? And, and your emotions were like all like, what's going on? I don't even know what to believe anymore. And so these two guys were on the road, right? Like if they were carpooling today, or if they were jogging, or they were going somewhere, right? And they are there, and uh, they are discussing the matters, and they, they don't know what to think about, it, and then there's going, what's going on? And there this guy comes along and says, what's going on? What has happened to you that you're so in chaos? I look at you, and you look like the atomic bomb just happened. And it's like, haven't you heard? Haven't you read the news, the internet? Haven't you seen what's going on here? And uh, so Jesus starts to open the scriptures and starts explaining to them why the things happen. And what I really want you to put your attention closely is when Jesus, you know, he pretended he was going to keep on going. They reached their destination. They were going to get out of the bus, right? And so Jesus said, oh, well, have a nice day. And then they say, no, come with us. Come with us. And they take Jesus and they invite him to dinner. And there he is and he starts breaking the bread. And they realized this is their friend. They've been walking with him. And they didn't realize that their friend was live. And he said, and they say, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? This is the kind of love that Jesus wants to put in us. The kind of love that burns our hearts. The kind of love that you know that you are not abandoned, neither forsaken. Because it doesn't matter in what shape or form. Jesus will be with you. And so, why do we celebrate Easter? We celebrate it because we honor Jesus. This was the highest form of love that he did for us. But sometimes we hear about it and there's no burning in our hearts. We, don't, we understand it here, but it's not here. And it certainly is not in our emotions. So what's going on? Have we not understood what is wrong with us that we cannot feel the burning in our hearts about what, how it is the love of God coming and burning our hearts and consuming all the burdens of life and giving us peace because that's what he said he would do. What it is that is within us 
that is blocking that. And I want us to uh, mention before Passover, before we answer that question. Passover is a celebration. When the, the Pharaoh didn't want to release the Israelites, God sent a plague, and they said, if you don't let my people go, your firstborn is going to die. And the Pharaoh, he didn't know God. He didn't want to follow. And his heart was like, I'm not going to lose my biggest source of wealth just because this man comes and tells me I have to let them go. And so God said to Moses, well, you know, I'm going to send this terrible thing, but I want you to take a lamb and eat it and the blood you're going to save and put it on the sides and on top of, of your doors. And it was the blood that saved every single home from the firstborn to be, to die. And so God said to Moses, I want you to remember this, that this day I passed over and I looked at you and I didn't see what you did, what you've done wrong, if you believe in me or not. I want you to understand that I passed and saw, and I saw the blood, and I figured you are safe because I love you. You obey me with this little thing to put the blood at the door, and I'm going to spare the life of your son. Isn't that amazing? Unfortunately, doing the sacrifices every year was not enough for the redemption and the forgiveness of our sins. And so God had to send his only son to become that sheep, to die for us. And the blood is now put in our heart, in our spirit, in our soul, and in our hearts, and in our body. So that when God passes over nearby us, the blessings of God will be with us and not the bad things that we are afraid of. This is what really means having a Passover and an Easter, that God is taking the blood of Jesus and saying, you no longer have a debt with me Everything is being paid, and all I want to do now is love you. I want to take care of you. I want to bless you so that you will have life and life in abundance. But how it is that we cannot feel this love? We know it here, but how it is that I want to feel the burning in my heart and I don't feel it? Do I need to really be in a bad shape to understand 
how the love of God works in me. So I was asking the Lord last night what it is that stops us from feeling that burning in our hearts. Because when he comes nearby, when he's standing next to us and his love is burning for us, we cannot just go flat. Something happens even though we don't perceive it. The, the atmosphere changes. But sometimes our hearts still cannot feel the love of God. So what it is, what is it? What can we do about it? So I was speaking to the Lord last night and... Um, And Lois, if you can read another passage, that'd be great. It's Second Chronicles 37, uh, 35, 7 to 12. 7 to 9. And um, I want you to hear this story. It's a very interesting story about Passover. Because um, we have these ideas about love. And how love it should, it should be. And how it should be demonstrated to me. But God doesn't go by our standards. <laughs> so I, I want you to um, hear this story. Second Chronicles 35, 7-9. Then Josiah gave the lay people lambs and young goats from the flock. All for Passover offerings for all who were present. To the number of 30,000 as well as 3,000 cattle, these were the king's possessions. And his leaders gave willingly to the people, to the priests and to the Levites, Hilkiah, Zechariah, and Jehiel, rulers of the house of God, gave to the priests for the Passover offerings 2,600 from the flock and 300 camel, cattle. So Conaniah, his brothers, Shemaiah, and Nathanael, and Hashabiah, and Jael, and Josabad, chief of the Levites, gave to the Le- gave to the Levites for Passover offerings five thousand from the flock of and five hundred cattle. Isn't that amazing? I mean, wouldn't that be great if we we're having a party and I say, "Hey, I'm giving a couple of uh, you know a few thousand animals for you to slaughter and have a party." Wouldn't that be great if we had the money to do that? And uh, and I was meditating in this in about this, and many times love is actually an action. And these men, I don't know the reason why they did it, but I think that they did it out of love, to take a big portion of what you have and say, "Here you go, feed the people." Isn't that amazing? Nobody should be going hungry today. Here you go. Feed the people. And, uh, and I was meditating on this. You know, it's like, wow, how, many, how much money would it be? At least a few million, I think. Because I think uh, if you buy a cow, it's at least $15,000, right? So now imagine 3,000 of them. So, 
I started to meditate on this and the Lord started to speak to me. And I want to share with you a part of my life that some of you know. My parents were pastors. And the Lord really used them amazingly. And many people, especially my friends, used to come and say, I wish your mother was my mother. When my father died, 7,000 people came to the funeral. He was an amazing leader that he stood up and God used it, used him in an amazing way. But all of that didn't mean anything to me. I remember my friends telling me, I wish your mother was my mother. And I was like, I used to say to them, well, you can have her because I don't want her. <laughs> they dedicated their life to God. And I guess that was a great thing. And they met the needs of many, but they didn't meet mine. I saw my parents spend their lives fixing other people's lives. And I was in the back burner and nobody cared. And this is one of the reasons I didn't want to become a pastor, but look at me now. <laughs> Isn't that funny? God has a sense of humor after all. And um, all these experiences happened to me and I became a dysfunctional people, person. And because of the lack of love in my life, I always chose the wrong people to love in relationships. And it actually um, horrifying to me when I found out that I was the one to blame all the mistakes, not the other person. All the red flags were there. But I didn't know what it was true love. I didn't know what was the model of love. And I just followed something that I thought it was. And so when the Lord started to heal me and I came back to him, one of the things that he made me do was to go to my mother and ask for forgiveness. And I said, uh, wait a second here. <laughs> Why should I ask for forgiveness? And then he said, because you have resentment. You want me to heal you? You have to let go of what in your hands so I can put new things in your hands. So reluctantly, there were three times when I asked my mother for forgiveness and I made amends. But I remember the second time. And uh, it was kind of funny, actually, now that I think about it. Because I, you know, I made amends and she asked questions and then she said, and then I said, well, you never told me that you loved me. And she just looked at me with these glare and said, but I cooked for you and I did your laundry. And I didn't understand at that time what that meant. It was 
months later when I was meditating and the Lord said to me, this is how your mother expresses love to you. It is different when she goes and ministers to the ones I send to her. But to you, this is what she does. So you cannot say that she doesn't love you. Yeah, amen. And I <laughs> repented because she did it. She never said to me, I'm tired of Well, she did, you know, sometimes I'm tired of cooking for you people because there were eight of us. <laughs> but I didn't understand what she meant until the Holy Spirit made me understand just like the Holy Spirit opened the eyes of these two men on the road and they understood how the love of God functions in our lives. It is a burning that goes not only here in your brain, it is a burning that goes into your heart and it's a burning that goes into your emotions when you know you're off the hook. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what happens next, you know that you are protected, that you are cared for, that God will lead you into life and life in abundance because that's what he said. But sometimes, because of our experiences, we don't know what to look for. Perhaps we, we, are, we have scars that have gone too deep. That we are not willing to go to them and we build walls. And we hear Jesus saying all these promises. But we don't want to go through the, through the disappointment to figure out, is this true or not? And we don't let the walls go down. Perhaps we don't have a point of reference how love looks like. That's why we cannot feel that burning sensation in our heart. Perhaps we don't know how to decode the language of God, the language of love. It was interesting to me reading over and over again one time when the Lord says that he's merciful, that he lets the sun go up every day over the righteous and unrighteous. And if you think about it, isn't that amazing? It doesn't matter what you've done. God will give you a son. It will give you a great day. He will give you a job. He will give you opportunities and dreams in life. But you think they are yours. <laughs> or you think you acquire them somewhere. And the credit doesn't go to God. Or the opportunities, you have to labor for them so much that you say, God not, got nothing to do with it. But the love of God is there. Are we able to decode this love? 
I want you to think about this for a second. And while you meditate, we are going to pass communion. If Tom can help with that and Sebastian. Communion. <laughs> And I want you to think about this message of Easter that is a message of love. John 3.16 says, This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one needs to be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God who introduced, when introduced to him. So let's meditate for a second and, and let's take communion. love to you. Are you able to decode his language? The blood is the highest sacrifice that he did because it would not only bring us peace but healing for our sickness and deliverances deliverance for our oppressions for our worries this is how much God loves us he didn't want to see us suffer and he's willing to tell you again I am here and I want to put a burning in your heart I'm going to let you meditate for a couple of minutes and let you, let Jesus speak to you. And when you're ready, take communion.
Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And I believe that. The bread of life is not just spiritual, but it's also physical. Because he said he will met all our needs. interesting that while I was uh, thinking about what the Lord wanted to speak to you, a friend of mine gave me this huge donation of bread. I didn't know what to do with it, to be quite honest with you. And I prayed, I gave some to my co-workers, I gave some to my neighbors. But still, there were like tons of bread. <laughs> and so the Lord said to me yesterday, I want you to take the bread and give it to the people so they will remember today I am, I am the manna for them. And not only today, but tomorrow, and the day after tomorrow, and on and on and on. This is who our God is, our caring God, who's willing to take us and level with us and love us until we are satisfied, until we are loved, until we have comfort. I want to ask, Tom to pass the box of bread. And I want you to take it, not because you need the bread, but because it is a symbol of God, of what God is doing in your life. Take it as a demonstration of his love to you today. <laughs> <laughs> And while you're getting the bread, I want you to meditate on the bread. And we're going to pray to the Lord. Father, we just want to thank you that your love is so immense. We want to understand how to decode your love for us. We want that burning in our hearts, in our bellies, that we understand that you will never forsake us, nor abandon us. That you are with us, and we are remembering today the highest form of love that you ever could have ever shown to anybody. remember with this bread that we are in your hands and absolutely nothing, nobody no thought no person no spirit nothing above or nothing below will separate us from you 
and that you are here to stay and to make a commitment with us. And so, Father, we ask that you open up our hearts today to understand how you speak the language of love to us so that we understand that when you say, I want to heal you, that we receive it with open arms. That when, we, when you say, I want to provide for you, that we understand it completely. And there will not be any worry left. That when you say, I am your greatest reward, that we understand that without thinking, what is the reward? That when you say, I am the God who shows wonders, that will be expectant of your wonders and not wondering if you are still making miracles. That when you say, I am your comforter, that we will believe you. Let the walls that are not letting your love show, let the walls come down, Father. Let us believe that your love exists and is there for us to take. We don't have to do anything, just take it. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for speaking to us today. If there is anybody who would like prayer, because the walls are there, and you would like the walls to come down, I want to invite you to come. If you are healing, whatever it is that you're asking the Lord to do, and perhaps there's doubt in your life, in your mind, because you're not quite sure if the Lord loves you enough to give it to you. I want you to step forward and say, I am making a commitment to believe you that you love me.